Here we go. Ready? This should be fun. I'm ready. <laughs> That was the opening music to Oklahoma, released in 1955, originally released by Magna Theater Corporation and RKO Radio Pictures, and the home video version is released by 20th Century Fox, and we're going to be reviewing the Blu-ray that had both the Todd AO version and the CinemaScope version. We can talk a little bit about the differences that we noticed. And uh, my name is Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from Seattle. And I'm Bob Johnson, and I'm recording tonight with Matt in Seattle. Yeah. Where this it's is, rainy. Yeah, this is the first time we've been able to do this. We're both in the same room together. Uh, so this will be fun. It will indeed be fun. Um, th- this movie, Oklahoma, is one of my favorite ones for all the music. It was released in October 1955. The budget for making it was almost $7 million. And where I looked up the uh, box office, it didn't make a lot of money. But I I find that hard to believe because it was so popular. So I think I maybe got some faulty information. And the director was Fred Zinneman, who uh, is outstanding. He did From Here to Eternity, uh, High Noon, and one of my favorites, The Day of the Jackal from 1973. And the music by Rogers and Hammerstein, based off the 1943 Broadway stage musical, which which some of the scenes surprised me that they is pretty racy for 1943 and even for 1955, but uh, we can talk about some of that as we get into it. Had a wonderful cast, many of whom later, or earlier even actually, had won Academy Awards in different roles. Shirley Jones won an Academy Award for Elmer Gantry. Um, Rod Stagger won an Academy Award for In the Heat of the Night. And Gloria Graham was uh, an Academy Award winner for The Bad and the Beautiful from 1952. She was uh, quite a racy lady in the uh, in the movie Otto, Otto Annie. Yeah, Otto. <laughs> I think it's Otto. Huh? Yeah, Shirley Jones plays Laurie. Gordon McRae plays Curly. Gloria Graham is Otto. Gene Nelson is Will Parker. And then we kind of get into some of the lesser roles, like Charlotte Greenwood played Aunt, played Aunt Eller. And she she was great. She was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And Mine you, too, yeah. You said she reminded you of another character. She did. Uh, she reminds me of uh, the role that Mary Wil- Wicks played in... Um, White Christmas, where she was the general's assistant. Uh, she was Emma Allen in that movie, and she was very similar to uh, Charlotte Greenwood. And then Rod Stagger as Judd, who in the movie looked like he had ever had a bath. <laughs> and and let's not forget Eddie Albert playing Ali Hakim. And, and the first time I watched the movie, I, I couldn't figure out what his nationality was supposed to be. I thought he was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's James Whitmore, 
who uh, has quite a singing voice. I, I love James Whitmore. Uh, many years later, he was in a one-man movie. He played President Harry S. Truman, an excellent film. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. And uh, he was nominated for uh, an Academy Award as Best Actor. Didn't win that, but it was a really... It, all one-man movie, and it yeah. was beautifully done. But Eddie Albert was supposed to be Middle Eastern, though, right? I think so, because he kept talking <laughs> about Persia. Yeah, I thought he was saying Parisi- Parisian. It was it was very confusing to me. That that whole thing was, was odd. Uh, he, he was the... The peddler. One character that didn't fit. The, yeah, it really didn't the name. fit. Yeah, it really didn't fit. Kind of. He was. He's closer to Irish than he is to the Middle East, I think. So he, we watched the opening. We watched the opening of the Todd A.O. version, and then the opening of the Cinemascope version. And it's interesting on the Blu-ray that we have. At least the Todd A.O. version starts with a inner, like a, like an introductory part where there's just no picture but just music and then there's uh the, the credits that roll and then it opens up on this beautiful scenery of oklahoma which is really arizona which is really arizona <laughs> <laughs> yeah go figure uh, uh, and then the cinemascope version just opens up with that scenery and there's not this sort of uh, beginning part that's just the the music with no with really no picture, so that's one difference. But the other thing that I noticed about the Todd A.O. version was the the fact that it was supposed to be projected on a really like curved big screen. So on the the flat screen TV, everything was kind of bent in toward the middle a little bit at the beginning when they were going through that cornfield. Um, but the color is so beautiful in the Todd and Todd A.O. vision. Yeah, the the color was much more saturated, and I, I, I preferred to watch that version. And those were two competing widescreen formats uh, in the in the I guess in the early to mid fifties. The uh, uh, movie won two Academy Awards, one for best music. That doesn't surprise me. And the second was best sound recording. And then it had two other nominations for cinematography and film editing, but it didn't win in those. What I liked about the movie is that uh, a lot of it is filmed on location, or at least outdoors where it looks like it's Oklahoma. I really thought that made the movie that much more enjoyable. Yeah, the cinematography was fantastic. Really, really beautiful. Especially the, I mean, I I guess I should qualify that by saying the outdoor cinematography, because some of the stage setups were a little hokey to my eye. Like the, one of my favorites, though, was the, uh, the farmhand and the, no, the cowhand and the farmer should be friends. You could see, like, the corner of the set, the stage. They tried to paint it so that you couldn't notice it, but I, I could kind of see it in the background. Uh, but, man, those uh, outdoor scenes were beautiful. The cast of the movie was not diverse, which is not unusual in 1950, in the 1950s. Um, if that were done today, it would be a much different group of people playing the parts, I think. I don't know because it's supposed to be set in the early 1900s in Oklahoma, and they're they're sort of like ranchers and that's true farmhands. I think that was probably pretty accurate. Maybe the one that would be different would be Eddie Alberts. Yeah, maybe maybe Eddie, Eddie oh. Alberts' character would be middle, actually Middle Eastern. Uh, anyway, um, should we talk about some of our favorite scenes? Yes, let's let's go for it. Uh, 
the the opening song though is is great. Uh, Corn is as high as an elephant's eye. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful morning. I love that song. That's great. Well, Gordon McRae and uh, had a wonderful voice, as did Shirley Jones. Yeah, and then uh, Curly, who's played by Gordon McRae, comes up to the farmhouse where uh, Lori is lives with her aunt and the farmhand who's played whose character's name is Judd. Uh, and this was this is the setup for the movie basically is that you can tell that Laurie and Curly really love each other and want to be together but I guess because she's a farm person and he's a cattle person that they can't really just be together because they're kind of feuding those two groups and uh, Curly wants to invite Lori to the dance, but Lori sort of plays hard to get, and then Curly says some very not, not very nice things to to Lori, and so they end up not going to the dance together. And uh, Curly ends up inviting the aunt, who's played by Charlotte Greenwood, Aunt Eller. Aunt Eller. Yeah. And so that leaves Shirley going with Judd, who's you kind of get the feeling right away he's not a great guy. Like he's he's sweaty, he's dirty, he's kind of gruff. Uh, but at the beginning of the movie, you don't think that he's like a terrible person, just maybe not her ideal man who we kind of get the idea is, is really Curly. Uh, but that, you know, when Curly's singing that, that song about the... Uh, the Surrey with the Fringe the on Surrey Top. The Surrey with the Fringe on Top, yeah. When I take you out tonight with me, honey, here's the way it's gonna be. Set behind a team of snow-white horses In the slickest gig you ever see Chicks and ducks and geese better scurry When I take you out in the Surrey When I take you out in the Surrey with a friend That was a beautiful little scene there with that Kind of imagine they were imagining what that would be like to ride in the Surrey with the fringe on top. I like that. Nosy pokes will peek through the shutters and their eyes will pop. The wheels are yellow, the upholstery's brown, the dashboard's genuine leather. With eyes and glass curtains, you can roll right down in case there's a change in the weather. Too bright. I, I think the the music in this is maybe the best if well at least in the top of those musicals that have been made because there's so many songs that are so well done i remember as a kid i went to this and then i bought the record album i must have played those songs 500 times yeah i remember when uh I remember when Men at Work released their album, I think it was 1981 or 82, and I bought that record, and I played it so much, I think I wore it out. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably like that. <laughs> it was. I wish I had the record that I had probably be a valuable item today. So Curly, Curly rides off, and Lori's getting ready to kind of get herself looking nice for the dance that's happening later that night. Oh, and we should mention, everything happens pretty much in one day, right? Well, on a yeah, Saturday? Right. Uh, I was watching for that because you'd earlier sent me a note that it seemed like nobody was working. They were just kind of riding around and dancing and singing. And so I watched for that. Yeah, the, the most of the movie takes place on, in one day. Yeah. But then, but then we're in her room and she's getting ready. And, and then in the background we see Judd 
trying to spy on her as she's changing. And then, obviously, we're getting a, a pretty strong idea that he's not a very nice guy. Plus, the place he lived was, like, frighteningly bad. Yeah, that smokehouse. Oh, man. God, I can only imagine what that smelled like in there. I'll bet it had a dirt floor. I'm sure it did. Yeah. And a sod, it had a sod roof. <laughs> and uh, no bathroom. That was out and back in a, in a little shed. Oh, man. Some of the saver, some of the favorite scenes of mine, of course, are the scenery and the singing. But it also, I like the feel that made it a rural setting. It looked really real to me having grown up in Montana with all those ranches and, and farms. And I really enjoy the railroad uh, station scenes, the singing and dancing, and just the fact that it looked like that was actually a real place, not not in a movie, but you could just drive over there in, yeah, your, that, in your Surrey. That song, Everything's Up to Date in Kansas City, I like yes. that scene. I got to Kansas City on a Friday. By Saturday, I learned a thing or two. Up to then, I didn't have an idea of what the modern world was coming to. This is where I texted you when we were watching it, and I said, I feel like I'm watching a movie that was filmed in an alternate universe where everybody <laughs> is a professional dancer and singer. And here to a bell telephone, and a strange woman started in to talk to you. What next? What next? Everything's up to date in Kansas City. They've gone about as far as they can. You know, they come off the train and they all just start dancing together. And, and he's, he's learned some new dance steps in Kansas City, brings them back with him. And within two minutes, they're they all are doing the dance steps. They're all, it's and amazing. they're all singing together. And even Aunt uh, Eller stepping out there really well. I noticed in the, in the second time I looked at it, this, uh, just in the last week, that Ben Johnson is in the dance scene. He's not dancing, but he's right there. And I never saw that before. And then he doesn't show up again. He's only in that one scene. He's and it's the, funny because he just sort of like saunters off camera. And that's, the, you know, he's not in the scenes anymore. What, what I figure, he must have gone to the next studio and done a John Wayne movie. Because <laughs> he made so many John Wayne movies. He just movies. had a, a little bit of free time. And... He must have had, yeah, and he needed the, you know, he needed the extra money. Well, that so. looked like it was filmed... On location. That's true. He couldn't just... Maybe they were filming a John Wayne movie down the road. Oh, yeah, they might have been. <laughs> the Searchers. I don't think. I don't know if he was in The Searchers or not. But, yeah, they. he was always making Western movies in Arizona. So some of my other comments uh, were that I didn't like the fact that Curly went into Judd's smokehouse slash house home and... Was it goading him on? And yeah. he, he tied a rope to the ceiling of the house and looked like he was going to tie a noose and told Judd. It's a good-looking rope. Feels good, too. It's a good strong hook you got there, Judd. You know what? You could hang yourself on that. I could what? You could hang yourself. Yes, sir. Easy as rolling off a log. Why, in five minutes or less. With good luck, you could be dead as a doornail. What do you mean by that? Why, and then folks would come to your funeral. And they'd sing sad songs. Why, they would. You never know how many people like you till you're dead. He was trying to provoke him or scare him or something. And I thought that's so, really yeah, bad. So, yeah, Judd's not a nice guy, but Curly doesn't come across as a very nice guy either. Although he's good with a six-gun. 
Yeah, he did shoot that knot right out of the wall. In the... <laughs> I tell you, I wasn't sure at that point which one of those two characters I liked less. But Curly makes a comeback with his singing and dancing, and he looks a lot cleaner than Jed. Judd. Well, they definitely want to make Judd out to be the bad guy. I mean, he's the bad guy in the movie, so he, he's, he does some bad stuff. I, I mean, it was when they were getting ready to go to the... Uh, dance that the, the, the raising money for the raising the schoolhouse and, uh, oh in the buggy in the buggy and then yeah. she he kind of drops back from the group because obviously he's riding with Lori Judd and Lori are riding together uh, and Lori's like crawl along like this and we'll get there when the party's over last time I saw you alone it was in the winter. I was sick. And I remember you brought me some hot soup out to the smokehouse. You give it to me. Me in bed. And you asked me if I had a fever. Put your hand on my head to see. I remember. Do you? Bet you don't remember as much as me. I remember everything you ever done, every word you ever said. I can't get it out of my mind. You see how it is? Then Judd tries to, like, grab her and molest her, and she kind of freaks out for no reason. And the horses kind of run out of control, and... Just as the train comes just by. As they, like, just as the train's coming by, and you think that they're going to run right onto the train tracks, but they stop at the last second. But that was the scene where I thought, wow, yeah, Judd is really a bad dude. Well, and then it's coupled by the fact that later on he tries to set the hay on fire. and He did try to set fire. the hay on That's fire. Well, no, he didn't idea. try. He did set he the did hay set, on yeah. fire, yeah. And tried to, uh, that thing that... Um, oh, the kaleidoscope with the knife. Yeah, that Will brought back from Kansas City. Right. Who makes a kaleidoscope with a knife built in? That was, I've never I've seen anything never like s- that. You, we won't find one of those at Pike Place Market. No, that's not mm-hmm. something that you could just find laying around at the local and antique store. As it turned out, it was the undoing of Judd. Yeah, so yeah, he ended up falling on his own knife at the end, and that was the end of Judd. Some of my other favorite scenes uh, were the... That's the the scene after the in, intermission because this is a really long movie. They had an intermission, oh, right. <laughs> and they it was did. the the dance scene where it was the cowhand and the farmer. Oh, I should love be that. Friends. Yeah, that's yeah. probably my favorite song. The farmer and the cowman should be friends. Oh, the farmer and the cowman should be friends. One man likes to push a plow, the other likes to chase a cow, but that's no reason why they can't be friends. Territory folks should stick together. Territory folks should all be pals. Cowboys dance with the farmers' daughters. Farmers dance with the ranchers' gals. Territory folks should stick together. Territory folks should all be pals. Cowboys dance with the farmers' daughters. Farmers dance with the ranchers' gals. No, no, no. Uh, that's one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie. That uh, James Whitmore singing and J.C. Flippin is the is the, uh, I'm not sure if he's a rancher or a minister or the school, uh, school teacher, board maybe? chair or whatever, but he's wearing a purple suit. I love that suit. I love that. And his, his, his voice was so distinctive. The yes. cowhand and the farmer should be friends. And, and, and Whitmore's the same way. 
and yeah. people are, are fighting and dancing and Aunt Eller shoots off a gun to hold a crowd in bay at bay. Yeah, that's uh, just your typical I love Saturday Aunt, night. I love Aunt Eller in that scene when she's like Ain't nobody gonna slug out anything. This here's a party. Sing it, Andrew. Dum diddy um dum dum. Oh, the farmer and the common should be friends. Good, but louder. Sing it. Sing it. Sing. Come on now, sing. One man likes to push a plow, the other likes to chase a cow, but that's no reason why they can't be friends. That got their attention. That is a that. Some of the dance scenes in the movie were a bit long and and well, uh, like the tedious. whole. There was a twenty-minute yeah. uh, dance scene where uh, Laurie falls asleep on the porch and has a dream about bad things happening, and Judd and and uh, Curly kind of having a fight, and that was a little bit long for me. That was, but the the one with the uh, farmhands and the and the cattlemen, that was a great one. Yeah, that that was a good one. School. But you know, another you know, one thing we talked about as we were watching it was that these all of these musicals that we've watched seem to have that interlude where they do like a Broadway produced dance number. About and, 15 minutes long. Yeah, it's like 15 to 20 minutes long and it's usually kind of in the middle of the movie and and my only thinking there would be that at this time there weren't, weren't shows like So You Think You Could Dance. It wasn't easy for people to get to Broadway shows because they didn't travel, right? It's not like no. they would come to your local town like they, they do now. And so this was the only way people could experience that. So although I find it a little bit tedious, I think at the time it must have been one of the draws of the of the movie. Say like in the night late four, 1940s early 1950s if you're in a little town or any any town really, you got a big screen and it's in Technicolor and the sound system had been upgraded. I could I mean I enjoyed it at the time I went to it when I was 14, but when I look at it today I'm thinking that 20 minutes really didn't add anything to the movie yeah yeah I, I think you could just take it out but i think it's there because it added to the experience for people that were seeing it in the theater uh in the 50s there was that one then there was another one where the, the uh, women are dancing in the farmhouse that was a little bit long yeah too. i laughed because it was like they where did all these ballerinas come from it was I, like they opened a box and, and a troop of ballerinas jumped out and started you know doing their Ballet. <laughs> That's the most artistic group of people in the West. Like I said, it's an alternate universe a, of, of of professional dancers and singers slash farmers and cowhands and Judd <laughs> and Judd. Judd, Judd was, he was kind of the oddball out in that group. The only he thing, did sing a couple times. He did though. sing, and he yeah. didn't do badly at it. Yeah, the, those dance scenes that we've talked about that I think were a bit long are really the only reason that I, I didn't give the movie a ten out of ten. I came back with an 8 out of 10, primarily because of those 15 to 20 minute uh, dream sequence and the uh, the women dancing in the farmhouse. Yeah, I'm just going to see if I have anything else I wanted to bring up. Oh, I, I, I can't let us stop talking without commenting on Ado, Ado's character. Oh, how, and how could she, we forget her? How yes. she <laughs> was so flirtatious with everybody. No kidding. And there was a scene uh, when they were standing by a, a lake and Laurie had been swimming. And the implication was that she was swimming with no clothes on. Yes. 
uh, and then uh, Edo comes up riding on a wagon with uh, Eddie Albert's character Ali Hakim, and Ali is quite excited by the fact that uh, Laurie's been swimming in the lake and wants to go for another for a dip, yes. and the two of them should all you know, they should all get in the lake together. <laughs> Didn't work, but he was he was hopeful. Man, Will Parker gets back today. Will Parker? Oh, foot! I didn't count on today being Saturday. I can see that. My, oh, my, Miss Laurie, jippity, crickets. Last time I come through here, you was teeny like a shrimp with freckles. Now look on you. Quit a-biting me. If you ain't had no breakfast, go and eat yourself a green apple. Are you coming in or going out? Standing still while you're here. Now go on up the house and wait. There'd be no trouble at all to wait right here. So much water. Why don't we all take it a swim together? In Persia, where I come from, bathing is a social event. Well, this ain't Persia. I can already see you two young ladies in those beautiful Persian bathing suits. What do they wear when they bathe socially in Persia? Nothing. Nothing. But Edo sings a song about how she just, she knows better, but she can't help herself. She loves to kiss and have the boys around and hugging her and... The peddler man's going to drive me to the box social. I got up sort of tasty lunch. But you're promised to Will Parker, ain't you? What you might say, promised. I just told him maybe. Don't you like Will no more? Of course I do. There won't never be nobody like Will. Then what about this peddler man? Oh, there won't never be nobody like him neither. Well, you gotta make up your mind. Which one do you like the best? Well, whatever one I'm with. Well, you are silly. Well, now, Lori, you know they didn't nobody pay me no mind up to this year. Count I was scrawny and flats a bean pole. But then I kind of rounded up a little, and now the boys act different to me. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong. I like it. I like it so much when a fella talks pretty to me, I get all shaky from horn to hoof. Don't you? Can't think what you're talking about. Well, don't you feel kind of sorry for a fella when he looks like he wants to kiss you? Well, you can't just go around kissing every man that asked you. Didn't anyone ever tell you that? Yo, they told me. It ain't so much a question of not knowing what to do. I knowed what's right and wrong since I've been ten. I heard a lot of stories and I reckon they're true. About how girls are put upon by men. I know I mustn't fall into the pit But when I'm with a feller I forget I'm just a girl who can't say no I'm in a terrible fix I always say come on let's go Just when I ought to say nix When a person tries to kiss a girl I know she ought to give his face a smack But as soon as someone kisses me I somehow sort of want to kiss him back I'm just a fool when lights are low that's a little ahead of its time for but, 1943 well, when they did sure. the Broadway. For sure. If that, I'm sure that song was in the original. And then there was a scene later where uh, Eddie Albert, uh, Ali Hakim says, have you ever seen a Persian goodbye? 
And like bends her down and gives her a big kiss. And then at that exact moment, Will Parker comes up because Will's in love with Ado and wants to marry her and says, well, have you ever seen an Oklahoma hello? <laughs> and then takes Ado and starts kissing her. Practically bends her over backwards. But there's a you. lot. Of, I think that was kind of the comic relief. I mean, that whole like kind of love triangle because the, the Ado's father gets into the mix. And oh, is trying yeah. to push uh, Ado off on, on uh, Ali and has a funny line where he says, uh, Was that fair, Mr. Collins? Who the devil are you? Oh, poor it's Ali Hacker. Well, shut your face or I'll fill your behinds up full of buckshot. You'll be walking around like a duck the rest of your life. Ali, if I don't have to marry Will, maybe your heart don't have to be busted in two like you said. Oh, I did not say that. Oh, yes, you did. No, no, I did not. Are you trying to make my daughter out to be a liar? No, 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 no. Oh, 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 I'm only trying to make clear to you what a liar I am, if she is telling the truth. What else you been saying to my daughter? <laughs> oh, an awful lot. When? Last night in the moonlight. Where? Alongside Haystack. Oh, listen, Mr. Carson. I'm Carson. listening. What else did you say? He called me his Persian kitten. What'd you call him that for? Oh, I don't remember. I, I, I do. He says I was like a Persian kitten because they is the cats with the soft, round tails. That's enough. In this country, that better be a proposal of marriage. That's what I thought. That's what you think? Look, Mr. Carr. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm no good. I'm a peddler. A peddler has to travel up and down and all around. You'd hardly ever see your daughter no more. That'd be all right. This is the James Whitmore character that's playing the father, who actually at that time was about the same age as the Gloria Graham character. But he looked older because they dyed his hair. And Yeah, Hakeem says, well, if I marry her, you'd hardly ever see her. And then... Ado's father says, that'd be all right. <laughs> I've had enough of her. If he could just take her off she, my hands, that'd be great. I can't control her. She's out. And that hat, she's got to get rid of that hat. Yeah, or bonnet. So, Maybe it is a bonnet. So know. you gave it an 8 out I of 10. Eight, yeah. I gave the scenery, the cinematography, the most of the musical numbers I gave uh, a 10 out of 10. I gave the whole like setup of the plot with Judd and Curly about a 5 out of 10. And I gave those long that long twenty minute dance interlude about a four out of ten because mm-hmm. I was I was pretty much ready to fast forward through that part. So I, I don't know. I think it, I think an eight out of ten seems fair. Parts of it I loved. Parts of it I was not really excited about. And parts of it I was groaning at, like, oh god. I find the music today as enjoyable as it was when I first heard it. Are you kidding? I've been singing farmhand, farm, <laughs> cow hands and farmers should be friends all week. It's terrible. <laughs> it's in my head. Yeah. So anyway, this has been fun. This is the first time in 33 episodes we've been able to be in the same room together. Yeah, that's true. And our next uh, uh, podcast episode will be a change of pace from Oklahoma, The Dirty Dozen. A story from- about convicted murderers being... <laughs> Recruited to go on a dangerous mission in World War II. In World War II to take care of 500 German generals. Which was hugely successful and spawned oh. a, a sequel and a TV series. Yeah. And they're they're remaking it, actually. I, oh, I read that they're going to have another Dirty oh. Dozen movie. Wow. So. It, uh, it was the last uh, film that Nunley Johnson worked on. He was uh, one of the screenwriters, probably the principal screenwriter. Yeah, we should talk about movie. him at the at the beginning of the next podcast. Maybe so we can find a few that. of his letters and read a few excerpts from that. Good idea. Yeah, we have a book of Nunley Johnson letters that he it's wrote. Wonderful correspondences, book. and they're there pretty may hilarious. Some, maybe some correspondence in there from the time he was working on the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll have to take a look. 
So we hope you enjoyed the podcast, and thanks for listening. And this is Matt Johnson. And you can find us on uh, iTunes. Just look for Classic Movie Reviews. Or check us out on Facebook under Classic Movie Reviews. Yeah, you can search for us with Classic Movie Reviews. And then our website is www.classicmoviereviews.net. This is Bob Johnson wishing you happy movie watching.